Hello, my friends. Welcome to A Turn of Events, where we help put a positive spin on the future of your business. I'm Annette Nafe, the CEO and Creative Director of Nafe Productions. I'm also the founder of Event Planning Academy. It's brand new, so I was going to say Event Planner Society, but that's not it. That is our Facebook group. We help wedding and event planners launch, grow, and build a successful wedding or event business. Join us over at the Event Planner Society Facebook group so you can have lots of fun with us. Can't wait to see you there. We're going to talk about podcasting strategy today. I'm very excited about it. If you're interested in doing a podcast, you must stick with us. This is going to be a great conversation. My next guest is Julie DeLuca Collins. She's the founder and CEO of Go Confidently Coaching and the host of the popular podcast, Casa Del Confidence Podcast. Julie began her career as a pre-K teacher and later worked with middle school students. Over the past 20 years, she's worked with a senior executive as a senior executive in the education industry field and recently completed her tenure as chief innovation officer for an academic solutions company based in New York City. Julie, I'm so excited to talk to you today. Hi, Annette. Wow. That seems like a million years ago that I was still in corporate America. But I know. Thank you for having me. Yes, of course. Of course. I'm very excited because you are one of the top 2% podcasters. Yeah. Is that right? I'm, that's yes. I cannot I imagine. First of all, I love podcasting. I am a listener of podcasts. I consume a lot of them. And to, yeah. to be included in that is amazing. Yes, yes, I am getting into that. So why don't we talk about first, tell me about your background. We, yeah. I heard a little bit about it, but how did you transition from corporate America into being an entrepreneur? Yeah, so it was something that I think an entrepreneur is something that you typically have in your heart. And I have always throughout my teaching career, my corporate career, I've always had something. And I knew that eventually after... I, in the distant future, right, in my last role was chief innovation officer for this educational company. And I really loved what I did. I was good at what I did, but I wanted more. And I wasn't sure when, and it was that plan, right, that we all have someday, I'm going to go out and do my own thing. Um, And then I started just taking clients for coaching and consulting here and there because I had gotten a couple coaching certifications and I really loved working with individuals. Um, I was also volunteering at the local colleges and universities here in leadership programs. And I thought, oh, perfect. I really want to work doing this and helping women. Um, And then the call came in on um, a Tuesday, which is a week after we went into lockdown during the pandemic. Oh boy! And the CEO of the company said, hey, um, we're really struggling. And we, um, we've offered a separation package to the COO and I have to offer you a separation package as well. And at that point, I, I know that I should have been devastated and sad because I love the company. And yes, there was a level of grieving that had to happen, but I knew exactly what I was going to do. I knew exactly that I was going to go out on my own, that I was going to launch my own company. And we've evolved from Go Confidently Coaching to Go Confidently Services because now there's so many different things that we do. But I, I love the ability to be able to take um, a dream 
and then make it a reality, not only for myself, but now I'm helping others do the same. I know I'm doing the same. So I, 13 years, you know, I got laid off from, that's when the economy crashed. So that Mm. was another breakdown, meltdown, whatever you want to call it. And I was thinking of starting, I just graduated college. I went to college late in life and I was thinking of Mm. doing my own thing. And I had done events for almost 20 years at that point. Amazing. And so I thought, well, I didn't come from an entrepreneurial background family. (laughs) Everyone was working nine to five and making no money, right? <laughs> the way it was. And um, and so I, you know, I got laid off. And like you, I was like, I was just started setting up the business. So yeah. three months into that, I started getting clients and I started, I set up the business and then I started getting clients and then they laid me off and I negotiated a year severance package. Amazing. Yeah. It was like, okay, I'm good at negotiating. So that works into my business as well. Well, yeah. So, you know, that goes by really fast, Mm -hmm. but it gave me the time to sort of figure out what I was going to do. And then of course, podcasting came in later, but we'll talk about that. So where did um, your interest in media begin? Well, I, again, I think that um, for me, when I started my career, I started as a teacher, as you mentioned, and it was the safe thing. It was the thing that just came about. And I come from a family of educators and a lot of people did not necessarily stray from that, but I was always intrigued by media. I was always intrigued by the coverage of, for mm-hmm. instance, for me. Also, I love to watch commercials, believe it or not, and just kind of like, oh, that's brilliant, that marketing approach. And it's always kind of um, intrigued me. So I started to really figure out that, you know, the reality is that media is also relationships. And when it comes to building a brand, not only do you need media exposure, but ultimately is the relationship that you build with the people who will eventually be your customers. Right. So it's very important. So I started to kind of figure out how I can help individuals kind of be the bridge to those relationships. And, and again, I, I just love that. And I think that there's so many avenues right now that allow us to put our message out there. So that's one of the things that I really um, enjoy out of what I'm doing now. Yeah. Yeah. So do you have advice on how to create your own media platform? You know, the first thing that I'm going to suggest to someone is to really be clear on what your values are, be clear on what your brand is, because I think that sometimes people are not really clear on these things. And then your messaging becomes very convoluted. You also, once you figure out what your values are, what you offer, what your strengths, then, and then look at the marketplace and see who is also your, your competitor or who is something that someone that's doing the similar thing to you. And you don't want to copy it, but you really want to study what their success is and what their failures are, and then start to design that really design something that um, is unique to you, but also is meeting the needs of the marketplace, which is very important. And, and, And by the way, I know we're talking about media, but this really applies to a lot of different things. And this is what I want people to pay attention to, that um, the concepts are the same. You just kind of have to, uh, fix them specifically to the area in which you're in. Right. I totally agree. 
Today's episode is brought to you by Hivecast, an amazing agency providing high-quality podcast production, made simple and affordable. I hit the jackpot when I came across Hivecast as I pieced together services from contractors all over the web, initially to help me with my podcast. Hivecast was everything that I needed all in one place for an affordable price every month. They not only produce and edit your episodes, but they also create amazing marketing assets. Honestly, the time saved working with Hivecast is worth at least triple what I'm paying. Use the code NAIF, that's N-A-I-F, and save 50% off your first month of services. Give them a try. The decision to outsource this part of my business has surely saved me a ton in the long run, and it was one of the best decisions I've made for my business. So many people have anxiety around, you know, the stress of getting on a podcast or having a podcast. What advice do you have for that? Be yourself. I think that, uh, you know, sometimes I come across a lot of people and, and there is a level, right? There is a level of uncertainty, of stress, of um, maybe lack of confidence because you haven't done it before. We're right. human. Anytime that we're trying something new, it's going to be different. It's going to be challenging. We're going to be uncertain. But as soon as you continue to do it and practice your podcasting muscle, it's yeah. going to be a little better. Right. I think for me, the biggest thing that I see with individuals is that they're trying to emulate somebody else. Like mm -hmm. I have a lot of podcasters that, you know, they see Joe Rogan, for instance. Oh, look at him. And, and they think they have to be Joe Rogan. Right. You can't. The right. same thing for, for us as women, um, all of us, there's a lot of really successful podcasters out there, but you don't have to be them. You right. don't have to um, be uh, or, or copy what they're doing. Look at what they're doing, like I said, but definitely say, you know what? That doesn't fit my personality. That doesn't fit the values that I have. And then decide what you're going to do. And then the other thing that makes you confident is having the right support system behind you. Because if you, um, like for instance, for me, if I had to do the editing, the audio, the this, I, I don't know if I would feel that confident. I show up, I do what I do best. And that's record, talk to people, research what the individuals do. But that's my jam. Right. My my producer, which is my husband, by the way, he he's the one who loves all that editing and loves all the tech. And to him, it comes very easily. So again, if you don't have a husband that is techie, that can do the sound and has done that in the past, then you need to find someone that can support you. And there's nothing wrong with you doing it yourself, but then that means that you're going to practice and right. practice that enough to feel better about it. Right. So how I started was um, uh, when the um, COVID hit our business, mm -hmm. that industry shut down. And I knew that I need to, you know, I need to be visible. Video is always yeah. important. So and, um, I realized that I could take that video. Right. So I would bring on I thought an interview pro uh, platform was comfortable for me. Right. To get mm. started. So I could interview people, talk to people. That's easy for me to do. And so um, I would bring my industry 
you know, colleagues would come on and we would talk about what are we doing in the industry? How are we going to get our businesses? How do we keep going? What's happening, right? So just to kind of pull everybody together and figure out what we're going to do. So it started like that. And then we would turn it into a podcast, right? So we just take the the audio from Mm -hmm. video and and we just turn it to a podcast. I am now taking and doing a little more with the podcast. I've got a Mm -hmm. team that are helping me. I'm lucky to do that at this point now, like you, mm-hmm. all the techie stuff. I don't say it's a lot to do this. It's a lot yeah. to get the people on. It's a lot to schedule everything. Thank God for Christy who helped me. <laughs> that. He's amazing. And now I'm, you know, I don't know, I'm about a hundred videos in now, but we're, I'm now kind of ramping up and paying more attention to the podcast side of it. And, um, you know, just trying to build that, get more recognition from it, all of that stuff. Use it in the right way because I know you can make money from it, but that's kind of down the road. So um, so as a podcast host, um, how do you, I just mentioned about getting guests and things mm-hmm. like that. How do you suggest getting people on uh, your podcast and what are the criteria and values? You know, the the first thing for me, and this is the same thing that we recommend to our clients when they're starting a podcast. Number one, you want to really define, again, like you would for your business, who your target market is, who your audience is, and create that ideal um, listener avatar. Because if you're not very clear on who you're trying to reach, it's going to be very difficult to go and figure out where to find them and figure out who to talk to and and all of that Um, and really have that clear launch plan. I think for me, um, I didn't have a clear launch plan. And there were a lot of stumbling blocks along the way. So this is why this is what I teach my clients now. It's like, let's figure out who do you want to reach? What is your end game? Uh, is it to monetize? Is it to grow more authority, visibility, whatever it might be, or just uh, get in front of the people who need you, right? Um, that's the first thing that a lot of people need to need to do. Sometimes individuals jump in with just like, okay, I want a podcast. And then it becomes very hard and it becomes very tedious because you don't have that roadmap that takes you along the way. Mm -hmm. That's definitely the first step. The second step is you want to decide how you're going to define your podcast. Will you have different segments? What type of, of people will you, is it an interview? Is it you teaching? How long? That's very important as well, because if you're going to be interviewing, you know, for instance, when I start, I always knew I wanted to do interviews. I always knew I wanted to bring the stories of women. Originally, it was only women who are going confidently in the direction of their dream. That was my my go to. But ultimately, I realized that, you know, there's great lessons that some very cool dudes can also share. And that's when I started to bring guys onto the show. And that started to really create an opportunity for me to say, ooh, whose stories will the people that are listening want to hear? What are the questions that they would want to ask? And creating um, the format of the show based on that started to help me create what we currently do, which is Casa de Confidence. Yeah, that's fantastic. That's really great. So what are the what are the benefits of using a media platform as a fund into a business? Yeah, you know, one of the b- biggest benefits is exposure. 
It's building trust. There's five levels. I call them the five levels of marketing. And, you know, if you've been around marketing a lot, you probably know this. You're going to attract customers. You're going to engage them. You're going to nurture them. Then you're going to invite them to work with you. And the last step is you're going to invite them uh, and they're going to become your super fans who are going to tell the world about you. So one of the benefits of having media is that it allows you to meet your potential clients and audience in all of these different um, stages or uh, places within the customer journey. Someone is going to become aware of you that you're going to attract them. Maybe you're going to put a message out there. They're like, oh, this person interviewed this uh, woman on mental health. Oh, I'm curious. Right. Right. And they start to connect with you. And then you build that trust. Because remember, people do business with those who they know, like and trust. And these are some of the benefits that having media will help you is create that know, like and trust factor. Right. And you mentioned this early on, just be yourself. Yeah. If you flub up, who cares? Right. Who cares? Yeah. yeah. Like when I did the intro, I was like, it's not the event planner society. It's the, right? <laughs> yes. So I, I used to get so nervous about that because, you know, listen, I'm a planner and everything has to be perfect. So mm-hmm. that's tough, right. Um, but you also want to follow your brand. So you, you, you don't want to show if your brand is not you in your pajamas. Oh, on for the, sure. Don't do that, right? Don't be so casual that it it it's not who your brand is. So mm. as much as, you know, we all, I have to get dialed up for all of these things, but <laughs> it, it is. And I try to book them, you know, we're going to do a bunch of videos this afternoon. So part of my thing is I started doing, because I do these interviews, but I don't do videos for myself. I don't do teaching videos, which I need to do, which I think is really important. Like yes. snippets of teaching and all of that. Cause I'm launching my coaching program. Um, Ooh, congrats. Yes. Yes. I've been coaching one-on-one for many years. Um, but I am launching a digital course for, you know, a group coaching and to kind of bring it onto a digital platform so I can go to many as opposed to one-on-one. So mm-hmm. I'm very excited about it. It's on how to um, start a wedding or event business, launch, grow, and build basically. And it's oh. all that. So it's A to Z. It's a lot. I love that. I love that. That's what I teach as well. By the way, I call it the dream, build, grow, and scale because those are my four different, but I love that so much. Yeah. And I love it. When I first started my business, I had no idea how to run the business, right? I knew how to do events. I didn't know how to price myself. I didn't know how to get clients. I didn't know (laughs) what the contracts look like. How do I talk to the client, right? And you don't want to sound like, you know, you don't know what you're doing or you're not good at what you do. Of course. So it was a big, big struggle. I was in tears trying to find someone to coach me and no mm. in my industry would coach me. I don't know why. I mean, I can't steal their clients. We're in totally different states and all of that. Right. I would go to like the real high-end coaches and people or um, planners. And I would say, I just need to learn, like, what's my contract? I'm pay- I'll pay you. Like I was right. really them wouldn't help me. And I knew then that eventually I was going to, once I got my business going and Mm -hmm. I knew what I was doing with the business, I was going to help a lot of people. And so, you know, I have done it a little bit. People, one person called me like, I don't know, four years into my business and said, can you coach me? I just don't know how to get going. And that I had always had a coach because I think Mm -hmm. I finally found somebody, but I think it's really important to always have a coach to help 
at every stage of your business, it's super important. So I finally found somebody, thank God for her. She helped me. And then I've had a few since then. And, you know, you always have to have somebody to help you, but yeah. I, I finally did it. And now I'm kind of at that point, you know, 13 years later, um, <laughs> now it's like, oh boy, be careful what you wish. Well, <laughs> I love your spirit of collaboration. I think that this is one of the areas in which many individuals need to improve upon. Yeah. We, we feel that, you know, if I help somebody else, I'm creating competition, but no. there, there's no such thing as competition. And by the way, we go further when we go together. And if I help you, then it's going to be in some ways helping me because you're going to say, oh my God, who helped me? Julie helped me. Go see her, right? And then the same way, if you grow, then you can say, this is how I grew. This is how I knew. And, and I can learn also from your journey. And I think that that's the one thing that I wish in this online space, especially with new entrepreneurs. Don't think that, you know, people are your competition. You're your collaborators. My biggest collaborators do a lot of the similar stuff that I do, but it definitely continues to help us because we learn from each other. We grow from each other. That's right. I, I, there's no way you can take a client. There's first of all, there's so many clients out there mm -hmm. <laughs> Not oh. to manage them all. Yeah. But people have asked me, you know, why do you, aren't you worried that they're going to take business from you? I I've hired many of my students. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Gotten their business and I think they're great. Right. I have a couple on my team right now who are one of my top event managers. And so they're great. And they started out. Yeah. I, I taught a course at NYU um, which is another amazing story. I was afraid to even go to this. Oh it's a funny fun. story. Those things happen where I could, I was so afraid to go and talk on this panel because it was all my colleagues and they, mm -hmm. this PR person asked me to go and be in her talk to a, a peep. She was doing an event. And so I went and one of the girls on the panel said, listen, we're looking for somebody to teach at NYU in this course that we have. Would you mind, would you be interested? So I taught at NYU for three years on event management. Amazing. I know. So it was like, I was, I thought of 30 reasons not to go to that panel, mm -hmm. but I just picked myself up and I went and there we are and it moves on. So, and I just love to teach. So that's so good. So yes. good. And and by the way, I think that um, that's the other thing that people don't realize. Most people, it, they're worried about themselves. And we, we spend so much time agonizing over, oh my God, what are they going to think? Do, am I the right person? Can I teach people? But yes. people that are showing up to hear you teach, they're thinking, what's in it for me? Yeah. They're not thinking about like, oh my God, who is this person? No, they're there because they want to get something and right. your expertise is already valuable. Yeah. It, I, and I know that it's just, you know, when you're putting a program together, there's all of that, the sale and the this mm -hmm. and the let, and you know, it's, it's a lot, but yeah. I also know that, you know, once they're in there, um, I have so much to teach them and it doesn't happen overnight. Like you can't learn all the stuff I've learned in, you know, three months, it just yes. happened. Right. So it's I know. the same thing, but I love it. It's so great. So speaking of the event industry place, uh, mm -hmm. uh, base, um, uh, how do you see podcasting serving event planners, wedding planners, that sort of thing? Well, there's multiple layers in which the podcasting can help individuals. Mm -hmm. Number one, the first layer is if someone is looking to start a show. 
Um, I think that many brides, for instance, and, and by the way, I was a bride twice. So I know that I, I don't, I don't do this every day. So I needed help. What are the trends? What, what should I worry about? What are the things that maybe I should know in advance? Maybe how to, how to ask the right questions yes. for booking a space, how to navigate the, your, your family and who sits where, how yes. to make sure that you still have a special day without, um, you know, the headache of trying to please everyone, right? So mm -hmm. all, all, if I want to learn that, a lot of times a podcast is content and knowledge on the go. Yes, I can go and look at YouTube. Yes, I can go and read a blog. Mm -hmm. But ultimately, or I can ask my friend who got married 10 years ago, right? So there's yeah. different places where we can curate information. But a podcast if I can find all the answers to the thing that I want to do or I want, I'm working on in your show, then you're going to become, become my go-to. You're going to become the person that not only do I learn from, and as I'm learning from you, I can say, wow, she's giving me a lot of great information. I love how she does this. How much more valuable wouldn't it be? You know, I, I can learn this, but it'll be so much easier to hire her, right? Yeah. Yeah. Or him. Right. So yes. that's a little bit of what you create the exposure. The other thing as well is that you become the authority for other individuals in your industry. There might be photographers, they might be event spaces, they might be officials who um, are looking to grow their business and they're going to go to the person who they see and they hear and they learn has the most experience. So it's giving you that exposure. It's giving you that authority within your industry as well. And that's how a podcast can help. Um, and, and it's so, it's, it's incredibly valuable for sure. For sure. Yes. So what's the most streamlined way to grow your audience for the podcast? Yeah. So one of the first things that I'm going to encourage you is if you are launching a podcast, definitely create that launch plan. We have several clients that we've created a launch plan for them and they broke and you know, their, their, their expectations. Why? Because you can tell people, Hey, build the excitement. I'm launching a show. Will you support me? And by the way, if you're a wedding planner and you're starting a show, you're right. Not everybody who you ask to listen to your show initially will be your ideal client, right? But they're going to listen to support you and then they're going to share it. Also, when you, when you begin to have people share your stuff or you have X amount of listeners in the very beginning, the platforms will then start to say, Hey, I know you listen to this podcast, but if you like that, you're going to like this. Mm -hmm. So you're going to start to get a lot more exposure organically, which is important. Right. The other way in which you can grow is as you're getting listeners, this again goes into your launch plan. You want to have clear call to actions for individuals. Hey, thank you for listening to the show. Don't forget to share, leave a review and subscribe, right? right? So because we live busy lives, if you don't remind people to subscribe, they're going to forget to listen the next week when life happens to them. Exactly. So for that reason, you want to go ahead and make sure that you have these clear call to actions that will help you consistently grow and then find areas in which 
your ideal listeners are, and you're telling them about your podcast. You're sharing it. You um, then go on to other podcasts to share about what you do. Right. Even again, if they're similar in, in nature to what you do, being in somebody else's show, being in somebody else's live, being in somebody else's social media is what we call leveraging other people's audiences. And that's going to help you continue to grow. Exactly. Exactly. I, those are the things that I'm boosting up on my podcast because I, you know, we just put it on and we're not doing all of those extra touches to grow it, get more audience to see us and all of that. So that's really important. All right. So what's the most rewarding part of being a, a podcast host? That's a really, um, I can, I can go on it all day. I think that the most rewarding thing is the listeners, the listeners that come back. And I, I have to say there's times in which I, I cry because like I had a young woman and she reached out to me. And by the way, I know her, she, it's someone who I know from, from a nonprofit organization mm -hmm. and she's phenomenal. And she got a promotion and she said, thank you. Um, I owe you the promotion because I listen to your show. I'm inspired. I learned so much. And the things that I learned are things that I started to implement in my life. And I, I do what I do because I'm passionate about helping others. Service is one of my most outstanding values. And sometimes we do it not because we're going to get those conversations to come, to come back to us, but when they actually do come back, um, my co-host in this show is also my husband. And that was just kind of an organic thing that happened. And when people say to me, you know what, I was really struggling when I woke up and then I heard you guys bantering back and forth and it was just kind of a fun way to kind of unwind. Um, I knew that I made a difference in somebody else's life and that's what I'm looking to do. Yeah, that's, that's really awesome. It's really great. I, I feel the same too. I, whenever I get, you know, sometimes you don't think anybody sees you, right? Yeah. So you might not get a lot of people on live, but they see it after. And I get noticing mm -hmm. emails from them saying, you know, keep going. I love what you're doing. So that always makes me feel good. And yeah. uh, it's nice to see. So how did you grow your platform to the top 2.5%? Consistency. <laughs> consistency. I think that a lot of people think, and, and yes, um, I do a lot of podcasting. I do, I guess on several different shows. Also, I tell people about my podcast all the time. Mm -hmm. And ultimately though, the one thing that really matters is your consistency. If you, a lot of people start podcasts, a lot of people started during the pandemic, but most people are not podcasting anymore. And the reason is because one, um, they don't plan ahead. There is a saying my dad used to say, and I kind of used to roll my eyes, but now I'm, I guess, older and wiser, and I know he was right, is perfect previous planning prevents problems, right? <laughs> so with that, number one is I batch my content. Right now, if I were to be sick for two weeks, for a month, I would have enough content to be able to release because I've recorded in advance. So that's number one. A lot of podcasters, you know, I have a client and I'm trying to help her move away from that. Um, she, she releases on Sunday. We have to have her files by Wednesday. 
afternoon and Wednesday morning she texted and she said, Oh my God, I'm doing my recording right now. I'm like, no, 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 don't do that. Right. Um, that's a problem because if her an interviewee canceled on her, she wouldn't have had a recording. Right. right. So oh. that's what can, and then that becomes demoralizing. Oh, or if you're late in re in, in releasing your episode. And by the way, my official launch for my podcast is Mondays. However, we typically launch on Sundays oh, and, really? it's, and we do it early so that people know, Hey, Mondays, there's a new podcast for the cost of the confidence, but mm -hmm. we put it out on Sundays because sometimes people are out for a walk or for a drive and right. then they can listen in as well. Um, I and also ask my consistent yeah. at the same time, right? Absolutely. So Absolutely. Right. People expect it. We are habitual humans. Our brain likes to automate. So anytime that you're not consistent and you're not showing up when people expect you to, they'll forget about you because yeah. they have lives. Also, make sure that you're promoting your podcast. Send your email. Nurture your email list. If you're not growing an email list, then also you're not going to get people to listen in. Right. I, I send an email Every week, my podcast goes out. There's an email that goes out. Hey, don't forget, listen to the show. And then, of course, there's a social media plan. In addition to that, we ask our guests to share it as well. And if possible, maybe we'll promote it during a live or do different things. There's so many different things right now. But really creating your media plan for your podcast is important. Yes, such great advice. So we do have a question for Marty. He says, the primary goal of podcaster is to earn money. One way is to grow your client base by promoting your business. The other is to create content that people want to tune into like Rogan and have sponsors. What's a critical mass to attract sponsors? And is that a mountain too high for most? Marty, if you're a podcaster, you know the answer is yes, that is a mountain that's that's pretty high for most because sponsors are really like especially Joe Rogan level, but let's not even talk Joe Rogan level. Right. Let's talk about sponsors. Um, you know, one of the most common ones is that at least it used to be is a bed sponsor, right? Um, and you know, go get your blue mattress, blah, 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 right? right. There's a lot of people who are looking to advertise. But they are also looking that you have the listeners. And mm -hmm. for the most part, at 20, 100, 500 listeners, you're not going to meet the criteria of the CPMs, the, the cost per, you know, listen. Right. So those are not great ways. Now, there are other, other ways in which you can monetize the podcast. I'm going to give you an example. There are individuals who um, will approach other people who sh they share an ideal audience with, right? Mm -hmm. And then you can go in and negotiate and say, hey, I know that you are a wedding um, planner and I have a lot of women in, in, in their, you know, 20s to 30s who are your ideal clients who are looking for wedding planners. Um, would you like to advertise on my podcast? And then that's a way in which we can do it. And then we create a system in which there, your call to actions are tied to a place where you can measure how many people are coming in from the podcast and you can see if that's actually giving you a bang for your buck. Another way in which you can advertise as well is you can approach businesses. I have a podcast that we work with that is very niche and very local. 
to an area in Northern California. And basically, she gets more than what an advertiser on some of the other um, advertising platforms can would pay her. They mm-hmm. they pay her almost two thousand dollars to put their i their content on her show because she talks about the local happenings within her community. So people know that this is where local community members are going to go. So if I'm a realtor or I am the dentist or or and she's had several different brick and mortar buildings mm-hmm. uh, um, businesses advertise with her. So mm-hmm. and she consistently has to put people on hold for advertising and she sells her advertising. So that's another way in which it can happen. So think outside of the box. But the other place in which you can make your money is advertise for yourself. If you have a business, and I do this a lot, I'm running a summit uh, right now. And guess where I'm promoting it? I'm promoting it in my podcast. Exactly. And then people then go, hey, don't forget to sign up for the summit. Here's the website. I have another client that runs master classes or gets the call to action for people to then sign up and her ideal clients become her customers. And that's the way that you can monetize a podcast. Right. Another good thing is that you can reach out to, so I've had a printing company that I use a lot Mm -hmm. and they're like, we want to be a sponsor. And so they'll pay me some money to talk about. That's the thing that I'm also changing is putting some sponsorship in and the call to action, which is really important. Um, So, you know, even if it's just 500 bucks, listen, it's an extra 500 bucks. I didn't have. It covers your production. Covers my team. Exactly. So, um, so those are things, reach out to all your vendors that you mm-hmm. work with and see if any, like your AV companies, you know, all of those, they have money. So, um, they might be able to do that, which is giving me some ideas myself. So, yeah. um, I think it's great. So such great advice. Okay. So Jacqueline has a question and her question is, is there a recommended time frame for sharing your episodes once a week, every other two weeks or uh, once every two weeks, et cetera, or is it based on the goals the host has? Yeah, so so the most common timeline for doing episodes is weekly. Um, now, there are some podcasters that have a very loyal following, and they release every other week. There are some podcasters that maybe release every week, but will do it in seasons. So again, this is part of your launch plan in which you decide, hey, what day, what day am I launching? What is my timeline? Am I going to be consistently a weekly podcast? Now, I will say um, I have done this in the past, and I know a lot of people do this as well. I'm moving into uh, relaunching this, but not only do I offer the weekly interviews with incredible guests, but I also do a quick solo episode, and I call those a little shot of confidence mm-hmm. in which I'm teaching and I'm showcasing my expertise in addition to having me speak to an incredible individual. So there's right. a lot of different things, but share your episodes in a consistent manner. Decide what is doable for you. If you're a mom, if you have a full-time job and podcasting is maybe your hobby, then you don't, it's not realistic to say you're going to produce, especially if you're doing the editing yourself, right? Right. Right. And you're doing the promotion. You're doing everything. So maybe every other week would be something that is valuable or you can release. And and this is something that I I just want to back up when you release your first episode and you launch your show. Please make sure that you have more than one episode batch and record two, three, four episodes and release them. 
Why? Because if people discover you and you only have one episode, right? Mm -hmm. And then you're not going to release for another two weeks, then they're going to forget about you. So please make sure that you you batch your episodes, but have, and then stay consistent to whatever schedule you have. Right. Yeah. We, we try to do the same thing Thursdays as our, as our time. Um, so, uh, if someone's just starting, what are the step, what advice do you have if they're just starting and what advice for the first few episodes? Like, you know, when you just mentioned about, um, you know, batching and doing a few, Mm -hmm. I started, nobody was working. So (laughs) it was easy. I could get everybody on. I, and I actually was doing it a few times a week, I think at the time. And I was like, this is too much. Obviously when work started up and we were doing virtual events as we started working right away, um, luckily, uh, with virtual events, but, um, so just advice on getting started doing the first couple episodes. What do you have for everybody? So when you get started again, create a show format, what kind of intro are you going to have? And this is not just your introduction, like whatever voiceover or music or whatnot, but what is your first segment? So for instance, for me, my first segment is typically that little banter with my hashtag handsome hot husband. We (laughs) talk, we have a little conversation, we go back and forth. Um, he typically will ask, what am I drinking? Even though he's sitting right here and I will tell him I'm drinking my iced coffee or, you know, there's times in which maybe it's late afternoon and maybe we're having a little wine, right? So keep it interesting. Keep people engaged, have that first segment, then move into the body of your podcast, whatever that may be your interview or your teaching segment or whatnot. And then at the end, make sure that you wrap up and you have a call to action, not only uh, for wherever you're sending people to, but remember, subscribe, um, share, um, and make sure that you leave a review for this episode. So those, in addition to your call to action, is going to be very important. But as you're launching as well, what is your plan for behind the scenes? What is your plan for writing your show notes? What is your plan for writing the social media marketing collateral? All of that stuff is going to be very important and you should plan ahead of time how and when you're going to do that so that um, you can be confident in what you're doing, how you're going to acquire guests. How are they going to register? When I first started, I used to just send a text to, you know, people who I thought would be awesome and I'd love to have on my show. Hey, right. do you want to be on my podcast? Great. And then right, right. as I started to release the show, I'm like, oh, wait, I need their social media links. Well, wait, where do I get their bio, their headshot? So then I started to create a form so that it's That's a standard form that people yeah. have. Right. Um, recording. I hold specific days for recordings. I don't record every day, you know, because it's, it's, it's not going to happen. It's going to be very overwhelming. So I record on certain days and these are the times and people make it work. Right. Yeah. When we first started, you know, we would just kind of, I went live and it got them on and we started talking about whatever. And then, you know, then it turns into, there was a, now we have like a whole list. Christy's with, been with me a long time doing this. So she knows how to do it all by heart. But if someone, you know, when we created this whole checklist of this are the things you got to do. And it's a lot, it is a lot right. of work, but at the end of the day, once you get it going, it's, it's like second nature, like anything. Oh, right? absolutely. Absolutely. And by the way, yeah. um, and if anybody, we have, we have a checklist. So if anybody mm-hmm. wants the, the checklist, I'm happy to share it. It's something that, you know, my husband created because people would come as like, how do I do this? And yeah. he would sit on the phone and tell people, and I'm like, can you just create a checklist? And if people still have questions after the checklist, 
feel free to talk That's to them. Great. But really, Let's, it's um, how do we get the checklist? Yeah. So the best way to do it is you can go to my website and go to goconfidentlycoaching.com forward slash quick links and you can get the checklist there. Awesome. Awesome. Christy will put that in the, in the chat. Okay. Last question. It's is probably, you know, talking about confidence and imposter syndrome. Mm-hmm. People are going to have that. What's the motivation for people not to, you know, go down that road because we all do, I'm sure. Yeah. Comparison is the thief of joy. That's the first thing. And you're going to find that for every time that you are comparing yourself to your left, to your right, for who is doing what, you're going to hold yourself. You're going to be stuck. Mm -hmm. So imposter syndrome is, again, someone that something that I want to normalize. We're all going to feel that because we're human. It's a human experience to think, I'm not good enough. I'm not sure. What about this? Acknowledge that you're thinking that and say, oh, I'm telling myself I'm not good at that. And remind yourself, I'm a beginner. I am working on launching a podcast. I'm a baby podcaster and I'm learning the process. And as you continue to normalize that this is a learning experience and you're slowly building up to the next step, then you're going to feel more confident. Confidence is not something that we immediately have. And this is a misconception. Confidence comes from actually doing the thing that you're afraid of or that you're uncertain about. The more, and by the way, you may not even be motivated to do it, but you are going to continue to build um, evidence that you're capable the more that you show up and you do it. Acknowledge that it's going to be hard. Acknowledge that it's going to be different. Acknowledge that you're a baby podcaster, that you're learning. And by the way, if something goes wrong, say, oh my gosh, now I know better for Nader, right? right. That's that's right. what we do. But don't get yourself slowed down by what's happening next in the, net, in the lanes next to you. They'll keep you slow. Totally agree. Totally agree. And before you know it, you'll be, I know when I, I was a nervous wreck when I first started doing these interviews and now I look forward to it and, you know, you just kind of yeah. get in the rhythm and it's second nature, just like anything. And it, it, that it's always good to get over your fears of things. I think, you know, it just takes mm. you to another level in your business. So a hundred percent. Yes. Thank you so much. This has been so awesome. I could talk about this forever. I'm going to follow you forever. I'm going to follow you forever. (laughs) uh, We're going to have to talk offline about the wedding industry. Let's definitely. I love weddings. So I know I don't do many. We just do a little weddings. Uh, Usually our corporate clients hire us for their daughters. Okay. And things like that. But we do a year. So um, mostly corporate and nonprofit, but it's all the same. Well, even better. I have a lot of nonprofit. Um, I'm on a part of, I'm part of a couple of different boards. So we should talk. Awesome. We're we're definitely, we're definitely going to talk. Amazing. Well, you're amazing. You're doing incredible work. Thank you. This is so valuable for your listeners. So thank you for having me. So is, and you're fantastic. And I can't wait to continue the friendship. I'm excited. Absolutely. Absolutely. Thank you you for having me. Yes, for sure. For sure. All right, you guys, thank you so much for joining us. We'll see you next week. Have a fantastic weekend. We'll talk to you soon. Bye, everybody. 